Arsenal Therapy Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name is Farhan, also known as Gunner since 96. And I'm joined here today with none other, the man, the myth, the legend. James. How are you doing t- today, this fine evening? How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in such a good mood. I'm still still uh, living the highs of this afternoon. And what was a very good uh, win? Uh, mm. I I don't want to overplay it, but it was good to to get a win and to dominate a game like we did. And uh, yeah. well, it, this should be a good episode. I'm really looking forward to this one. <laughs> Yeah, it feels good to win. You know, I've I completely forgot the feeling of winning. Uh, the last game we won was at Sheffield United. So it does feel good to win again, albeit a game that means absolutely nothing. Um, but we're not going to take anything away from that victory because, it, like I said, it was, you know, with all things being considered, 2-0, a clean sheet away from home, three points is a good result. You know, you can't yeah. say anything more than that. But I guess when you look in between the lines, you look at the finer details, the small prints, it will tell you that we've got Villarreal on Thursday um, and not really too sure what to take from that performance going into Thursday because Thursday is ultimately the game of the season. Now, how many times have we said that before? Um, but I, I mean, I, I guess we could say the overall feeling and reaction to that victory is one of positivity and encouragement and maybe a reminder that you know these boys can play football and they can beat teams on their day having said that though Newcastle were incredibly poor um I was quite surprised at how easily they let Arsenal turn them around the way that they did um, I was I was quite impressed with, like I said, the level of concentration and the composure of the team throughout the course of the ninety minutes. But Newcastle were really quite poor, weren't they? Yeah, they they were, and they weren't up to the the standard uh, mm. of what they have been over the last few weeks. Um, for one reason or another, there, there is one reason that is quite funny, and that's because they didn't have Joe Willock. And it just yeah. it just it just shows how influential he's been to uh, Newcastle's recent upturn in form. And today mm. was just a really off day for them. And I think we dominate. I I can actually say this is the first episode where I've come on here and I said we dominated that game from start to finish because we yeah. absolutely dominated them. Yeah, yeah, and and we'll go into detail about the game, about the half, the two halves, talking points and repercussions of what it means um, about Thursday. I think everything that we discuss today will have to then go back to Thursday because that's what it's all about. I mean, mm. I, I said in my match preview that I thought this game was nothing more than a warm up, nothing mm-hmm. more than a, um, I forgot the other word I used, yes, but. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the word I use. A dress <laughs> rehearsal for Thursday, uh, an opportunity for Arteta to right the wrongs and get the boys ready for the big show on Thursday. Mm. So before we talk about the game, let's have a little chat about the team lineup, starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your first thoughts about? Because there well, were many changes. There were many changes. There were many. There were many changes, and, and I, th- I, I feel like there were good changes as well. This is the first lineup where I've gone, okay. Maybe this is this is quite good considering obviously our massive game in midweek. Abamyang was starting. Mm. You had you had Abamyang. You had Martinelli. You had um, like Partey was in. Uh, well, he was on the bench actually. Um, uh, who else did you have in there? You had Louise. You had Odegaard. Odegaard. You have well. You had William. And it was just I. And you had Matt Ryan. I, I've nearly forgot Matt Ryan. He. Uh, Matt Ryan had another Premier League start, so I was really encouraged by that lineup. Really, really encouraged by it, and um, it was it was one where I was like, okay, maybe we can go into this with a little bit of, you know, positivity because we haven't mm. really had that in recent in recent times. And there's always been a, a moan about the lineup. Obviously, Jacka uh, persisted at left back, which is uh, by now you've 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 got to take your hat off to Arteta that he keeps persisting yeah. with this. With with this, he keeps persisting. With I, I know I said it last week that it didn't work out, but you you've now got you've now got to sit there and say 
he keeps persisting with him. So he must see something in him that we don't. Obviously, he must see something in training that we we, we don't have access to. Or, um, you know, and I, I think today he he, he did he did okay. Um, but yeah, it, I was really uh, surprised and quite positive about the lineup. Yeah. These are the games where I don't mind Grant Shackle playing left back. I'm all mm. for it. These are the games where I'm all for playing Martinelli left wing, starting him. These are the games where I don't mind seeing Willie Angen on the team sheet. I don't mind seeing Sobios. I do mind seeing Sobios and Eleni together. That was a bit of a bit of a problem. I was a bit, and I thought I thought it was quite underwhelming seeing both of them start together because they mm. offer um, they, they offer very different aspects in their game, but. Two, I mean, things that don't really make an impact. You, you, the dynamics have to be that you're sitting next to someone who is credible and who you know is going to be consistent throughout 90 minutes. These are two players that aren't consistent during 90 minutes, and it's a fact, you know. Mm. They've got great abilities and qualities about them. So Bios is technically brilliant, great at playing the ball, long, short, really good. Uh, he's got a really good eye for it. Elneny, on the other hand, you know, great energy, um, great sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tempo to his game, always on the move, like an engine. Um, having said that, he usually fades and his ideas usually fade with him. Ends up passing sideways, backwards, has a mistake or two in him. So does Sabayos. So I was a little bit worried to see them starting, but I was really, really glad to see David Luiz and Gabriel back playing mm. centre-back. Um, up until the moment he got injured, obviously we'll touch on that. But um, it was, yeah, it was good. It was a breath. It was a breath of fresh air to see David Luiz and Gabriel start at the back because they have been on form. They have been our strongest centre back partners this season, and it seems as if Gabriel can't play with anyone else if it's not David Luiz. Tried playing him with Holding, didn't work. Uh, I'm not sure whether, I don't think Mari and him has have played, because I think they're both left-footed, aren't they? So, mm. um, it just goes to show, you know, we re we rely on David Luiz heavily for this centre-back partnership to work, and even for the back four um, to work. Um, what I will say about what I will say about Granite Shaka playing left-back is that I, I do give credit to Arteta for sticking to his guns and persisting to play him there not falling um not falling under the pressure of you know fans criticizing him and you know he probably questioned himself at some point on on Thursday um that would be that would have been the first time in his career that something like that has happened to him so um yeah credit to him for playing him there I think Granit Xhaka had a solid game there but like I said these are the games where I don't mind seeing Granit Xhaka play because when you're up against an opponent like Newcastle you know, what, what would you expect with all due respect? Um, mm. And Bellerin as well. It was very good to see Bellerin back in the team lineup. You know, almost forgot that he, he existed, but it was <laughs> good to see um, a little bit of a change around. And, you know, but this is all hindsight. I mean, I, I guess at the time when I saw the team lineup, I was a little bit disappointed that Arteta wasn't playing a similar team that he was he's intending to play on um, Thursday. And if this is the team that he's intending on playing on Thursday, then, you know, God help us. Uh, I, hmm. I hope that, you know, this is the team that is successful and finds success against Villarreal. But I highly doubt it after what we saw last Thursday. So, um, yeah, I guess I was a little bit on the fence about this starting lineup because... I've called this a dress, uh, um, a um, dress rehearsal. I've called this a warm up. So I expect you to play the players that you want to play on Thursday. But obviously, you know, I understand that Tierney and Lacazette still not having trained with the first team is obviously going to be problematic. Um, mm. So you know, with all things being considered, it was a mixed bag there. You know, it was a lot of positives, like you said. Glad to see Odegaard, Aubameyang and Martinelli play, especially Martinelli and Aubameyang. Really happy um, that those two are playing together. Um, but um, yeah, and you know, bearing in mind as well, we were playing an opponent who were basically, we didn't have much to play for because in no. their minds, they would have settled with being in the position that they are. I mean, their target would have been to avoid relegation and they've pretty much done that. Um, I think the point difference, the gap between them and Fulham is it's now nine. Oh, is it nine points? I think it was eight, I believe. Okay, so uh, Fulham's on 27, Newcastle's on 36. My math says nine. Is that right? Uh, 
Oh well, I'm only going. Yes, I'm only yes. going, yeah, nine. I'm, I was only going off what Sky Sports was saying earlier. Which yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so so nine points clear with what four games to go. Big yeah, ask if Newcastle win their next game, they are free. They you know, yeah, they're they're, they're pretty much. Actually, hold Same. on. Having said that, West Brom have a game in hand, so they might not be safe next game. They probably need to take a point. They they need four points and then they're they're clear. Having said yeah. that, though, you know it's a big ask for Fulham and West Brom to try and out, um, tr- yeah, try and get out of that drop zone and um, finish above uh, Newcastle. So, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, understandable why they turned up the way that they did. They probably thought that they're <laughs> you know they're free from the drop zone and. Um, you know, like I said, with all due respect to Newcastle, they don't have the most flamboyant squad. They don't have the quality there or the different types of quality need to play up against an Arsenal side. And even if it is an, an average looking Arsenal side. Um, so it was, I mean, what did you expect going into this game? Did you expect this to be a close tie or did you expect Arteta to really go gung-ho? What kind, what kind of match did you thought we were going to watch? I I thought it would be I thought it was going to be a little bit tighter than it than it uh, turned out to be because obviously I was going off previously what Newcastle have done previously and um, what they've managed to do recently form wise so I thought oh yeah they're they're on a bit of form maybe they, maybe they'll come into this game with a bit of confidence you know um, maybe they'll you know have a high tempo and play the game how they they usually play but. I saw none of that today. I saw none of no no, you know, none of what made, made has made Newcastle have the good form they've had recently, and that that further that further proves my point that it, it, Joe Willock is very influential in that. Um, because without Joe Willock today, they seemed a little bit lost. So um, yeah, I, I I certainly expected it to be a little bit more cages if, if is the word I should use I certainly mm. expected it to be a bit more close in it than it eventually was but uh, I'm not complaining because I really enjoyed it yeah definitely and look you know we didn't need to wait very long for the first goal but before we talk about that first goal let's talk about the opening five minutes mm. um, it seemed to me that it was going to be I mean the first opening five minutes showed me um that the tempo of the game was going to be quite slow because you had two teams one team who was you could say quite happy to sit off and relax the other team wanted to hold up possession but they came to this they 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 turned up at this game on the back of a really bad defeat um so the confidence would have been knocked Arsenal needed to sort of rebuild that um and so when I was watching the game just before the goal had scored um, I could tell that it was going to be a little bit nervy and a little bit cautious, a little bit safe from Arsenal mm. in terms of how they usually move the ball because the Arteta identity is to get the ball, try and move it as quickly as possible, get it into the final third, feed it down the wing and cross it into the box. <laughs> this game had that, but it was slowed down times 10. You know, it mm. was just very sluggish. Um, but let's talk about the goal. And the man who scored it, <laughs> absolutely deserved it once again it's on any with an absolute screamer talk mm. to me about the goal talk to me about the goal I will say this one thing I saw I, I saw a thing on on, on Twitter uh, that said uh, I think he well it seemed like he was an Arteta out because he was complaining about Arteta and he, he said he posed the question who has Arteta improved during his time at Arsenal that man right there that man right there Mohamed Elneny has improved immensely um, mm. Especially, especially his, especially his finishing, and he he's 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 done it again. He's just he's there's something about him when it comes to long ranges. I always think in the back of my mind, yeah, this there is a possibility of this going in, mm. and you know he's done it in the Europa League and he's managed to transfer that transfer that goal scoring, you know, finishing ability into the Premier League. That is that was his first Premier League goal today uh, ever. Yeah. Um, and it was so such surprising, good. isn't it? Yeah, I think his first goal ever for Arsenal was in yeah. uh, the Champions League. So we're going about we're going a bit a long a long way back now. But even yeah. even then, that that was a screamer. Um, so he he does have them in his locker, and he proved that today. And what a goal it was! And I mean, it was so, it was good play leading up to that goal as well. Uh, I think it was, if I remember rightly, it was David Luiz's long ball. 
And yeah, all my, yeah. I, 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 I've absolutely, I'm with you. You tweeted, I think, just uh, after that, and you said you missed David Luiz's yeah. like diagonal balls. Yeah, and you know, it's just so you can see why David Luiz is so influential to the team, and that you know, I think it was the one ball, and then it was across from Bellerin, and then it came out. It was headed out, and then it came to Alan, and he just he just shot it, and it went in, and it was such a good piece of play. And then I, I that, that was the first goal I've actually celebrated in a while, where I've jumped off mm. my seat and I've gone yes because it was such a good goal, and I was I was so happy that Alan and he obviously got the goal. Yeah, likewise, I was at my market store watching it on my phone, and the moment the goal went in, I did go a little bit. <coughs> forgot where I was. Um, but yeah, it was it was such a good goal because not just not just the finish itself, but there was a transition in how they got the ball from you know deep in our half to then with a blink of an eye, it went from David Luiz uh, a great ball over to Bellerin, and then Bellerin Bellerin plays it into the box really well. And this is something I, th- I think a lot of people overlook and they don't give Bellerin credit for enough. It's his, his the amount of times that he gets into those areas. I can't, I don't, I don't think there's another fullback other than Tierney. I don't think there's another fullback at Arsenal that does the hard work, the grafting that Bellerin does to get himself into those spaces so he can pick up the ball and cr- cross it into the box. Now I get it nine times out of 10 or maybe seven times out of 10, those crosses don't come to fruition. They aren't good enough. They are a bit sloppy. He, he, he is a bit reluctant to release the ball in those areas, but when he does, just like he did today, um, a great ball found the Bamiyang. Well, almost, he did find the Bamiyang. A Bamiyang fluffed it um, just like he, he usually does. But, you know, luckily it fell to Elneny. It took a deflected, the the cross took a little deflection off a of Bamiyang, fell to Elneny, and he just thumps it into the back of the net. Um, mm. And there's something else that I really liked about this goal is that finally these crosses are coming into effect. Like mm. I, I'm, I'm, I'll be the first person in the queue to scream and shout and complain about the number of crosses that Arsenal put into the box. It's ridiculous, and 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 and, and as good as they are, if there's Bad nobody rate. in the box, if there's no one there to receive it, if there's no threat, then those crosses mean nothing. Mm. So I guess despite Aubameyang's inability to finish those crosses and to maybe convert as many chances as he should at least there's somebody in the box now to target at and to cause somewhat of a threat because the defenders now in the box need to like on Thursday if Aubameyang plays up front defenders will need to be aware of Aubameyang they will need to know where he is they'll need to track his runs and that might that might cause a a bit of lapsing concentration um, and that might create some bit of chaos in the box and that's that Mm. that's something we might profit off you know yeah absolutely. Um, and 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 that's the game of football it doesn't need to be all beautiful and you know roses and <laughs> daffodils and all that kind of stuff it, it can be messy it can be a little bit awkward um mm. and we needed it and and look t- today we we got it and we got it in 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 great fashion as well i mean the, the shot itself the strike itself was a beauty i think it was just inside of the box um really really happy for him and um look it, it broke the ice very early on um I was happy to see our score so early on. And then you're thinking from then on, and actually before we move on to the goal, let's talk about David Luiz because this oh, is some, man. this is a guy who's been under so much scrutiny and criticism of late. Mm. Um, I remember last season, the fans are screaming for him to be sold. And when we even signed him, it was a case of, you know, why are we signing this guy who's on the verge of retiring? And actually he's been our most important player. You could say in the mm. back and at the back, certainly a center back. He has been the guy that we depend on that. We count on. Why is that? Why has it, why has it all of a sudden turned from, Oh my God, it's David Luiz to now. Oh my God. Where is David Luiz? I, you know, I, I don't, we obviously, I understand the, the scrutiny, but there has been some heavy, heavy scrutiny on David Luiz, as you mm. just said. And mm. um, I've not really been one to to, to criticise him that much because I I I I've really liked having David Luiz at Arsenal because not only is he does he still have uh, a great playing skill in him, he's mm. also very influential behind the scenes as well. It looks seems like you said at the yeah. beginning, um, Gabriel can't seem to play with anyone else, mm. and maybe maybe that's because Gabriel you know, looks up to David Luiz in, in some sort of way because David Luiz has, has been around the block, so to speak. 
This isn't mm. this isn't his first club. He's obviously a Champions League winner with Chelsea, and you know, has won all these trophies in the Premier League, Premier League titles, and he's just you know one of those very 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 down to earth guys uh, behind the scenes. Obviously, I've met him. A, I've met him a couple of times, so I mm. I uh, I know about that as well. So you know, it's just it was great to have him back and great to 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 you know see those because I. Um, you know, I've noticed these long balls for a while, and I remember holding did holding did holding did one without David Luiz being there, and I I I literally said he's learned that from David Luiz. Yeah, he's learned that because because you know David Luiz does does uh, the same thing. So I was really happy to see him to see him back, and it is a real shame that it just didn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have uh, wanting to continue because of what happened later on in the game, but. Mm, it was mm. good to see him back for that short period of time. Yeah, that short period of time. And it's not just long balls. I mean, it, it, it's the accuracy, the technique, but also the intelligence. It's yeah. knowing when to play the pass and where to play it. You know, there are so many players, not just at Arsenal, but in the Premier League, who just wasteful and just not really thinking about what they're doing. Just everything happens so quickly. And, um, David Luiz is someone who has matured, I, f- I feel like, in the last season or so. Um, I don't know whether that's down to Arteta. I don't know whether that's down to him having the responsibility to just step it up a notch because he's got so many kids around him. But kids have said it themselves. You know, the, the Sackers, the Emil Smith-Rose and the Tierneys that, you know, David Luiz is someone that has helped them so much. Um, so yeah, mm. uh, I, I, I second that. It, it was really good to see him back for the, the period that it lasted. Um, we'll talk about, you know, the injury and everything afterwards, but let's um, let's talk about the remainder of the first half. Um, I, I mean, I got the impression that after the first goal, especially it coming so early on, we could potentially get a second. Um, and actually, I was hoping that Arsenal would get a second and maybe a third and see the game out in the first half. But um, it, it didn't seem to come to that. I mean, how how would you conclude the rest of the first half? Um, was it one that had lots of opportunities and Arsenal pressing for that second goal or one that was a bit dull and a little bit Arsenal I mean, mentality, you know, being a little bit too... You, um, Yeah, I think you, you'd expect a little bit too, you know... Complacent. Uh, uh, yeah, complacent is what you're looking for. I would I would say there's, there, there was a mixture. Obviously, we got the first goal. We, we started really well. I think, we, as you said, we started really well. The goal... Uh, the way we set up the goal and then we kind of you know came back and went back into our shell a little bit and, and started passing it around a bit and I think it was just general you know you've got that goal now maybe just sit on it a little bit and wait until the the second half or uh, go into half time a goal up and mm. you know see how we can improve the team but obviously I would have loved to have scored a few um, in the first half but you know uh, it wasn't to be, and and then we went into the second half. Uh, yeah, I, I can't really remember any chances apart from uh, I think there was one from Bellerin. I don't know if that was second half or first, but it's Bellerin. Yeah, I think it was chance. the second half. Bellerin so was yeah, quite late that, on. that was the second one. Yeah, uh, but apart from that, I can't really mention any uh, remember any um, chances in the first half apart from that goal. Uh, maybe it's just because yeah. it sticks out to me, but. Um, yeah, there was a there was one opportunity um, that Aubameyang had where Martinelli made a brilliant run down the left hand side, ran past his defender, slots it into the box. Um, it was like it was near post, I think, and then Aubameyang skies it over. Um, it was almost like a half a chance, but I, I mean, you're right to say that you can't really remember much because I think it it went quite flat afterwards. Um, mm. But having said that. Credit to Newcastle because, or not really credit to Newcastle, credit to St. Maximum, who was giving Arsenal some real problems. I mean, I don't, I can't remember another player like him who is just, it seems like he's on ecstasy, like seems like he's on speed. He is (laughs) absolutely non-stop. Moment he gets the ball, running past players, making running rings around players, um, causing all sorts of issues. And really, I think aside from him, there wasn't really any other um there wasn't really any other threat 
from Newcastle. Um, but yeah. you know, and and I and I guess and I guess you could say that because Newcastle was so flat, um, it made Arsenal look a little bit more prettier. But also, it allowed us to almost play at that tempo. Um, yeah, it allowed us to dictate the game and, and dictate the game how 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 we saw fit. You know, yeah. I, I I totally agree. Um, you said it, uh, the way Newcastle set up made it seem like we were, you know, probably better than we deserve to be. Um, but don't take it away from that first half. It was very good, very good. The fact that we scored early, the fact that we, you know, it was good for Alneny. And um, but yeah, we went into the second half and you know um, carried on the game. But yeah, a word for Saint Maximin, absolutely cannot disagree with you whatsoever that guy is a player and a half and uh newcastle have a player on their hands if they can hold on to him mm, yeah there was a few other opportunities actually now that i'm going i'm rolling through my <laughs> tweets i just remember shaka had a long shot that was forced to save oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that shot that yeah, yeah. I, do, I do now yeah yeah that the was Bravka a very a good, very good save. Very good yeah. save. Yeah, yeah. It was curling top corners. And actually, it was quite surprising to see Shaka playing quite deep. Um, and um, there was an Elneny header that was saved on the line, wasn't it? Um, Almiron heads it, cl- cleared the header. Um, Willian yeah, um, with a really good delivery in. And then yeah. Elneny pops in a header um, and it's saved off the line. And that happened all in the first 30 minutes. And then um, also Ryan made a couple of good saves as well, I, uh, I think, in the first half. Um Ryan had a very good game overall. I think yeah. his, his, you know, the way he catches, you know, balls and the way he stretches himself was really, really good. He, he made some quite, uh, I remember there was a save that he made where he had to tip it over the bar. I can't remember if that was first or second half, but hmm. yeah, it was a very good positive was performance. Second half. I know, I know, I know the opportunity you're talking about. Yeah. It was a very bright yeah. save and I forgot who, I forgot who it was that had the shot. Um, but yeah, it did look like it was going to creep in, but he, he made a full stretch of that. Um, but you know, like I said, it, it was quite surprising that Arsenal were, and and it was a bit frustrating as well because look, I felt like this game could have been the game where Arteta said to the boys, right, you got to go out there and make a statement now. None of this, you know, try and get the win and get and just get get to the end of the ninety minutes. Finish the game, finish it strong. Um, and I was very surprised that Newcastle allowed us to play our tactical game because I don't think I think Arsenal are quite predictable in the sense that. You, you know they've only got one outlet going forward and that's down the flanks and then they'll cross it into the box. So it was a bit surprising that Newcastle in that first half allowed us to do that and didn't do much to close us down or didn't do much to try and stop that outlet. Um, but, you know, going into halftime, being 1-0 up, you can't really complain. I guess you could say that despite having that dominant performance, it was a shame that we hadn't scored any more. Um, but there were plenty of opportunities there in the first half. Um, yeah. Going into the second half, I did expect Arsenal to maybe you know flex their muscle a little bit more and try and see the game out because we've seen this time and time again when Arsenal have a one nil lead and they drag him out, the opposition come out stronger in the second half and manage to get a foothold back into it. Um, but you know this this second half, it, the story was completely different. Um, but it didn't start off very well. It started off with um, Louise getting injured. Yeah. And um, I think he pulled his hamstring and that's absolutely awful news because it has bad repercussions for us on Thursday. So if David Luiz, who's most certainly out, if this, if, if this is the case and it's confirmed that he won't be able to play on Thursday, which pretty much guaranteed, what's going to happen on Thursday? I mean, Today was supposed to be the dress rehearsal. It was supposed to be the game where players are warming up for Thursday. Mm. If Luis can't play, that means Gabriel won't be able to play. That means we're left with Mari and Holding. And if Arteta makes a bold decision of playing Holding and Gabriel, what what happens? Because it's all good having a 2-0 two, two, two win. If we go into Thursday, and I think the main issue for us last Thursday was that our centre-backs were having a mare. They were all over the place. Um, mm, if mm. we perform anything like that against Villarreal on Thursday with Holding and Gabriel, if they replicate that type of performance, you might as well, you know, wave goodbye to the finals in the minute. 
Um, because mm. I, I I don't I don't I don't have any hope. Maybe I'm being harsh. To say I don't have any hope, I'm being harsh. I have very little confidence in holding and Mari to get the job done on Thursday. How mm. do you feel? Yeah, I, I'm. I would be the same. All, all I've got to say is maybe they might change. <laughs> hoping they might, you know, have a blinder of a game. But it was, it was really, really. <laughs> when I when it when it comes to these sorts of things, when you when we have a player back and then he gets injured, it just when it rains, it pours. You know, mm. we we can't seem to have any sort of. Yes, we win two 0 but it's always to the detriment of something else. So we might win. We might win two 0 but we've got we've got someone injured for a massive game. Uh, what, what's another one we've had before? Um, you know, we've won a game, but we've had someone suspended. Um, you know, um, but it's just the way Arsenal. It's just how it's fell for Arsenal in the last few months, to be honest. But yeah, it's not it's not great. I would have loved to see David Luiz back in back in uh, the Europa League fold, and and hopefully he he could have carried us to a a win against Villarreal, but uh, it doesn't seem to be the case. and doesn't seem to be like he's going to be starting that game. Um, so you either have Mari and Gabriel. Well, you can't have, you can't really have Mari and Gabriel because they're both left footed, but you can have Mari and holding or holding and Gabriel. And I, uh, I really don't know which, what one I'd be most comfortable with, if any. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't need to really, I, I guess we do need to think about Thursday from today, but in terms of this podcast episode, um, we don't need to stress too much about yeah. that right now. Um, let's talk about the goal in the second half because... Lovely. It was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a great goal. Do you want to talk it through? I can do. Um, so I think it was, I'm just going to get it up, actually. You may have seen loads, loads of like poses on social media about that. Yeah, uh, that you know, it was. I was so happy while I get it up. I'll just talk about. Um, it, it was just so good to see Abamyang back to you know how we know him for. We don't know him for not normally scoring any goals, and today he's. He scored. Uh, but do you know what? And actually, you know, I was, I was, I did, I did draw him out in the first half because I did feel like he was quite poor in the first half, and it, you know, even even despite having scored against Newcastle in the second half, I still think that there is someone, there is a player in there where not everything is quite there. Not everything is quite right. And it struggles. I, I struggle to understand why, because when you come back from a red card, an injury, international duty, the captain of the club, I mean, forget about the fact that he's a captain, just some uh, someone who everyone looks up to, you're going to be itching to go. You're going to be itching to try and make an impact again, to continue where you left off. But, but I get I get the impression from Aubameyang, it's just, I don't know, something doesn't sit right with me with the way that he moves and the way that he projects his energy. It just seems a little bit too robotic sometimes. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Am I yeah, being a little I, bit harsh or do you see that as well? Um, I, I've certainly seen it. I've certainly seen, you know, maybe I've certainly seen him lack a little bit of, you know, I don't want to say, yeah, I'm going to say it, lack a little bit of desire, but, but uh, mm. a little bit, because, you know, when he, <laughs> when he um, previously, like in, in last season before he signed the contract, he was tearing it up. Yeah. He was, he was, you know, making it all about him uh, effectively scoring multiple goals a game and you know and he scored a goal in the FA Cup final and in the semi-final he scored both goals you know he was he was literally on fire and now mm. it seems like he's, he's signed the contract and, it, and it's and it's done you I have not seen anything this season to suggest that the old Aubameyang may be back and uh, you know it's sad because we wanted him to we wanted him to, we made all this like uh, we made all this noise for him to sign the contract we were like oh sign the thing sign the thing you know gassing up his Instagram and you know doing mm. all that and now you know this is how he repays well this is how he repays us now I know he's got his he has had personal problems so I don't want to go too harsh on him yeah. but you, you would you, 
I, you know, it's, I have noticed it. And um, obviously, he has been recovering from malaria, but... Yeah, um, yeah I before... don't really want to... I don't want to use this podcast as an excuse to bash him because we won 2-0 ultimately and he scored. But, yeah. you know, when it when it really comes down to it, I want Aubameyang to play like he has something to play for. Um, yeah. It wasn't very long ago where, you know, this was someone, like you said, he was turning up to games on fire and he looked like he wanted to play. I just I just don't get that same vibe and energy from him. Um, mm. And, you, you know, Thursday is a crucial game. If he doesn't turn up, we will, you know, he'll, he'll hear it. Um, yeah. and, I, I, and I don't know whether this is an Aubameyang who just doesn't care about criticism anymore or maybe he does care but he's just so used to hearing it now it just doesn't affect him as much um, mm. but you know despite all of that stuff he did score today and I think he did, he did. whenever he does score we always hope that this will be the catalyst that will get him on you know yeah. this, this will be the beginning of the old Aubameyang he only mm. needs that one goal to um start scoring a hatful and but I feel like we've been saying that forever. Um yeah. But having said that though, it was it was a beautiful goal. It was a beautiful yeah. goal. Um and uh, on, yeah. it was it was delivered by the the people that we've been we've been harping well one of the people that we've been harping on about so much so much during these last few months is Gabriel Martinelli made an impact again. Uh, he he crossed the ball in. It was a great cross by the way. What 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 ball uh he was onside despite what VAR and, you know, I know there was VAR check <laughs> that when there's always a VAR check, I'm like, whoa, hold on a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but um, that was on side and, and what a cross it was. And, you know, what an acrobatic thing. I, I don't I don't want to use the word acrobatic, but um, yeah, I, I, I guess so. It wasn't, you know, it was kind of, yeah, I would say kind of an act. Ultimately, it was it was a volley, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it was uh, a volley, like similar to you know, um, it looked like the Bundesliga logo, and someone actually made that edit, and it yeah, 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 <laughs> it really um, did look did look a bit similar, but really good finish, um, and credit to Bamiang for that, uh, and hopefully, as you said, this is a catalyst for some for some change within a Bamiang within a Bamiang's. Um, goal scoring and playing ability yeah I can only hope but um, what I will say is that the the man who crossed it into him the young man who crossed it into him had one hell of a game Um, this is someone that we're going to talk about soon but absolutely brilliant brilliant performance and he tops it off with an assist and I mean assists are great because you know you get something for ultimately nothing I mean but this wasn't just an assist this was a, a cross that is worthy of talking about it had the perfect weight it had the perfect um amount of height and it, just everything about that ball was wonderful because it, it had enough pace on it to get away from the defender um the guy that was ahead of Abamyang who tried to kick it over ultimately couldn't because he either mistimed it or the cross was just too good too perfect for him to do anything about and it lands on Abamyang's feet Perfect. Mm. Just where he wants it. Just where he needs it. Um, so a great. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, go, mate. Yeah. No, I was just saying exactly where he wanted it. Exactly where he wanted wanted it, and he finished it. And you know, um, as you said, Martin Eddie had a had a great game. And again, we've been fans have been harping on for him to start games, and this further proves why. Uh, do you think? Do you think Martinelli's ready? Do I think he's ready to to start to start games? Um, or do you think he's ready to step up now and play in the games that matter? So I, your Villarreal's, your games against Chelsea, stuff like that. Just because I've been quite protective over Martinelli, I, I've I've felt like Martinelli is someone who the club need to protect and and do need to. Um, put a blanket over because he is he, 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 he has all the makings of being a superstar he's got all mm. the hallmarks he's got everything that you need but he just needs the right developmental path but now we're at a crossroads where he's had minutes against your teams like your Newcastles and your Sheffield United 
He's topped it off with goals and he's got an assist today. Is he now ready to make that step up like Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe have? I can only... I can only say yes, simply because of the fact that if you're having these, if you're having, he doesn't look like a man that's lacking any confidence at all. Mm. Um, and if you're not lacking any confidence and you're having these games consistently, like mm. a Saka, like an Emil Smith Rowe, and consistently being good enough to, 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 for people to question why isn't he starting, then I, I, I think he should have. I, I totally, I totally agree with. Although I totally agree with uh, being a bit protective, I totally agree with you know maybe he should start and you know hopefully um, we may see him on Thursday and who knows he could be a real real asset to us on Thursday and could be the reason why we're in the final. So mm. yeah, you can only hope. I mean, when I look at someone like Martinelli, I do see someone who is making the trajectory, and so as long as Arsenal keep him on the same on the right developmental path he will conquer every barrier ahead of him but he can't skip pieces he can't skip um you know stages it has to be he has to follow the process mm. and i think because he's done that he's reaped the rewards of it he's got goals he's got assists he's been talked about a lot he has you know, had standout performances and today's another one, you know, running right on the left-hand side. And I'll tell you something that I have witnessed is developments in his game. Someone who is getting better and not just ability-wise, but maturity, you know, the yeah. uh, decision-making, the, you know, self, self-consciousness self of where he is standing or where he needs to be at certain moments at certain times. There are still bits in his game that need to improve. Ultimately, he's 19 years old. There are loads of things that he needs to improve. But what I have witnessed lately is someone who has made the right steps and has consequently um, improved and has, I think now he's ready for the next step. I think mm. I think now is the perfect time for Arteta to play the big games, um, because if it's not now, then when? You know, you can't baby someone forever. You can't look out for them and you know put your sh- put your arm around their shoulder until they're twenty four or twenty three. It yeah, needs there has to be, to be an element yeah. now. Yeah. There has to be. Yeah, there has to be an element now. Because look at what happened to Saka. Look at what happened to Emil Smith Rowe. There will always be an element of risk with these players. Um, and I hate to risk someone like Martinelli, but you have to. If they truly are superstars in the making, then they have they have done all they can to get to this stage. Now yeah. it's time to really put them on the pedestal. Now yeah. we see how we separate the good from the best absolutely the best from the good you're totally right and you have to pick now is the time to put them to set the stage and now now is the time to do what do whatever ever is best for Arsenal Football Club and if if, if playing Martinelli is going to be best for Arsenal Football, Football Club then go for it um, so what do you do on Thursday then do you put do you put Martinelli ahead of Pepe <sighs> Uh, well, if Aubameyang doesn't start on Thursday, then I'd put uh, Martinelli centre-forward. Do you think Martinelli's ready to play centre-forward? Well, he was put in centre-forward today when Aubameyang went off, so... Yeah. Um, I, 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 could only, I could only say yes, because, you know, why was he put there by Arteta? And, you know, maybe maybe he was testing him out for, for, for Thursday. Who knows? But uh, we're mm. going to have to see what can happen. But, um, yeah, as you've said, if, if not now, then when? Because mm. there has to be an element now to this. There has to be. I know Pep Guardiola did a similar thing with Phil Foden, but you know, look at Phil Foden and look at what he's doing now. When he was eventually brought here, he, he was pulling up trees, and and he's mm. one of the best players, best English players, if not one of the best players in the world right now. And everyone's talking about him, and hopefully, well, even even when Martinelli isn't even playing, he's being talked about. So that mm. should further prove why he should be in, in starting contention and deserves to be in and around the first team squad playing in these big games. Yeah, and by the way, Phil Foden is Phil Foden today because of the trajectory and the developmental route that he took. I remember a season ago, people were turning their nose up at Foden, saying he's not going to make it. 
because Pep doesn't fancy him. Pep doesn't want him to um, but look at make the it. Between... And, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's yeah. that's the point I'm making. Is that so? When the fan base go crazy about why Martinelli isn't playing, and there were many questions at um, Arteta's post-match press conference, where you know journalists were asking, "Well, what what is it with Martinelli? Do you not fancy him?" Uh, I don't mm. think it's the case that he doesn't fancy him. I think it's the case that this is someone who has incredible talent who we need to nurture properly. It can't be a case of Bakayo Saka and Emil Smith Rowe. This is someone who is, I hate to say it, but has the potential to be in, in being more special than Bakayo Saka and Emil Smith Rowe. Saka mm. and Emil Smith Rowe got their break because of uh, un- players who weren't available. It was almost by default we played them and they got lucky. But when you've got someone like Martinelli, you, you, you don't, you don't weigh your, you don't put all your cards on luck. You know, you have right. to, you have to do it right. Um, and, and he's done it right. And now, now we're talking about him because he's done this, these steps that that's needed to be done. Um, and Absolutely. so Thursday will be interesting. And Thursday we will see what Arteta has planned for him. If he does sit on the bench, I expect him to come off the bench at some point in the game. Um, I just hope that Arteta doesn't make his substitutions late. But ultimately, I think he will play a big part, if not in the semi-finals, then definitely next season. Um, yeah. Arteta or whoever the coach is, they will be using him um, to the limit. I hope it's Arteta. I, ho- I hope he's. Yeah. I hope he is the coach that leads us into next season. Um, but yeah, going back to what you said about Phil, going going back to what you said about Phil Foden and, and um, Pep Guardiola. I don't want to. I don't want to say they're similar, but they. I can't help but think they are very similar in terms mm. of. Uh, don't forget, Arteta was with Pep for nearly three years, and they, you know, Pep nurtured Arteta effectively into the manager he is, and he does everything down to maybe even. I know it's funny, but down even to you know what he wears on the pitch is very very similar yeah. to what. Yeah. What I know, I know it sounds you know funny and maybe a little bit, but no, it's a good I'm point not, to make. It's a good point to make. Um, you know, he's a massive role model. You only had to look at last night, uh, a few days ago when we played a force nine with no striker. Pep Guardiola did that. Uh, Pep Guardiola did um, that the the the, the follow uh, the night before. So you can only see what what effect uh, Pep Guardiola has had on on, on Mikel Arteta as a coach and. And hopefully he follows what Pep Gollio did, did with Phil Foden to what we can do with Martinelli and hopefully it pays off. Hopefully you can only hope. Let's um, round up the game itself because I think after that second goal, it was... Look, oh, I mean, I get... <laughs> I just got the impression from the whole game that it was quite flat and boring and big, and maybe because it, maybe mm. because there was nothing to play for. Maybe because, and you might disagree with me, but the way that I was watching the game... It seemed to me that there was no real motive to try and win this game. And it came from that impression came from both sides. You know, there was Newcastle who were ultimately safe from the from the drop zone. They were up against an Arsenal side who, let's be honest, have far more quality and ability, have players that are far better than theirs. So why should they bother to give Arsenal a competition? And there was Arsenal who were coming back from a coming off. Uh, coming into this game off a defeat, um, looking quite dejected, quite deflated, and ultimately didn't really feel like having a go at Newcastle. Um, but they controlled the game. They dominated the game, rightly so. Um, but they, I don't know. I just feel like there was no, there, there wasn't that killer instinct. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't that cutting edge. No, but also I think it, it it was purely about you know building confidence for Thursday. I'm just very happy that we put in a, we put in a good performance for once. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. It sounds really, 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 really strange, but I'm just happy we put in some sort of performance that uh, we as fans and I can be proud of. And um, after that game, after full time whistle, I was really, really proud of of what we what we achieved even though it was only Newcastle and even though we didn't really have anything to play for in terms of you know league title and you know the, the Premier League definitely not league title let me just take that back yeah. Um, yeah. but general league form and it's all about building confidence for the massive game on Thursday excuse me and um, I think we we did that today yeah I mean you're right you know it, it ultimately like I said at the beginning it's three points it's a victory mm-hmm. It's a clean sheet. Now, the big question is, have we seen enough today 
to change the mood and to to, to change the direction um, that we're headed into going into Thursday. What did you did you get any confidence watching this game for Thursday? I mean. Uh, yeah, there has to be. I, I did get an element of confidence just because uh, the way we were, we you know scored so early on. Hopefully, we can you know translate that early scoring into Thursday, get an early goal, and then we we could be ahead in the tie, mm-hmm. and then build on that, build on it, keep the pressure on, and and keep it, and, and hopefully it does build. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can carry it into into the game. But let's not forget, we do have you know. Other things going on on Thursday as well, the protests and yes, yes, you know, of course. I, have, I completely yeah. forgot um, that the protest was happening, which is strange because a week ago we were talking about this Europa League tie as something that was in the back of our minds because the protest was sent mm. stage, and a week later it's the other way around. Yeah, and I think uh, you can only look at what happened today uh, with Manchester United. Yeah, uh, again, I don't want to turn into a Manchester United podcast, but. <laughs> Today was a very, 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 very. Um, what were your What point. were your thoughts on that? The way that they, uh, um, the way they did it. Should we just Should we just finish up talking about the game and then I will. Yeah. We, we, we can go into it because I did want to actually talk about that. But yeah, cool. What was your final thoughts on the on the game? I will talk about that, but I just wanted um, to. My final thoughts on the game were were that we got three points as as meaningless and pointless as they are because of where we are in the league and how many games are left. It was good to, like you said, it was good to be back in, on winning on a winning side. Um, good for the boys, good for the manager. Feel good going yeah. into Thursday, but I don't want them to be complacent. I don't want them to be comfortable. I want them to go into Thursday knowing that they have a big task because they can't, look, as good as a win that is, you can't play like that against someone like Villarreal. Okay, um, and credit to Arsenal, credit to the boys for getting the victory, for staying in the game and for being concentrated for 90 minutes. But they were playing against a side who didn't want to play against us, who didn't really want to play football today. That's just the way that it looked. Um, you know, you can you, you can put your money on Villarreal turning up on Thursday, that's for sure. You know that Villarreal aren't going to turn around and turn over that easily and sit and defend and play with that slow tempo they're going to be on our heels from the very first minute they're going to want to score another goal and see the game out so my question is do the boys have enough desire have enough initiative to take the game to Villarreal and we've seen it before that they do clearly they do against Benfica against Slavia Prague even against Olympiacos against all three teams in the knockout rounds at one stage or another we saw our players our boys turn up and really turn up with the heat. Now, can they do that in the semi-final? That's the question. I don't yeah. know. I don't know whether Arteta's men and Arteta have it in the bag to really turn it up. And again, we'll this see. Is something that they're going to have to prove. Yeah, it's something they're going to have to to prove. And hopefully, they wake up on Thursday, you know, with a point to prove. Because you know, if they needed any, that well, I don't. They shouldn't need any motivation for Thursday's game. Because we get we get to a European final uh, yeah. for the second time in a few years, um, yeah. which will be good for the, which will be good for the overall um, atmosphere of the football club. Mm. Um, and yeah, you just you've, we've just got to go out there, but you know, hopefully we turn up. Yeah. <sighs> but it's a massive, massive game. Uh, you cannot overstate how big the game is uh, and hopefully we do get a win uh, I'm uh, would I say I'm confident I'm always confident going to any Arsenal game because I think we can yeah. we can beat any team put in front of us it's just the mm. fan I am and sometimes mm. people may may disagree with me but it's just the, the, the fan I am and uh, the I I try and take a positive spin on things but we'll yeah, see but Arsenal have proven this they've proven that they can beat anyone on the day um, the question is are they capable of doing something like that when it matters most? And this is this is the problem I have with Arsenal because over the years that they haven't delivered the goods when it mattered the most. When it mattered against Chelsea in the Europa League, they let me down. When it mattered in 2012 when Leicester won the Premier League or whenever it was, 2016, I'm not sure. Five years when it mattered day, most. Actually. Yeah, when it mattered most, they let yeah. me down. League Cup final, let me down. Um, other Premier League campaigns, you know, 
um, signing players, selling, offloading important players, just let down constantly. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on your side. You know, I'm confident that Arsenal can get the job done and they are very, very lucky to have that away goal and to not have conceded more than two goals. Um, but, you know, this could go two ways. Either the protest helps these boys, rejuvenate, rejuvenates them, builds them up, um, and allows them to focus on winning and allows them to understand what is most important in this game. Or mm. this protest will be a, a, a massive distraction. It might be a repeat of what happened against Everton, where everyone's a little bit, you know, their focus, their equilibrium is uh, off place and we suffer another loss um, and another European defeat. Um, mm. But talking about protests, um, <laughs> let's let's move on to this uh, United protest. A very, a very bizarre twist of events that took absolutely. place outside Old Trafford. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the scenes were just something I've never seen before. When I when I uh, heard the news that they'd stormed the pitch, I was like, nah. Hmm. There's no, there's no way, you, you know, you've seen the security and especially in COVID measures, you can't, no one can get on the pitch. And hmm. the next thing, you know, I go on Twitter and I see people on the pitch just storming everywhere. And I'm like, how has this been, how has this even been possible? How have they even managed to gain access to the stadium? And, you know, they started a protest outside and apparently it, apparently it's been said that they just walked through a door. And yeah. you know they were they were allowed to go through, um, but it's bizarre, and it just keeps the pro- and it just it just shows that it's not just us. I know we talk about the Cronkies and we have our own we have our own unique situation, but yeah. Manchester United and Arsenal, and well and and Liverpool, I would say, well the American owners, I'd say, um, mm. you know, partic- particularly Man United and Arsenal, we 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 we've had enough. Um, I've I, I've stayed a little bit quiet, but I, I've had enough now. I you know, I, I I've seen no I've I see no future with the the Cronkies where it's going to even be a bright future when we're going to when we're going to be competing uh, with Manchester United with with Man City and Manchester United and Liverpool and so on and so forth. And you know they've had enough and they 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 showed they showed that in abundance today by you know storming their 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 pride and joy uh, storming Old Trafford. And you know they 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 use the line, "You decide when when we play. Um, we decide when you play." And effectively, they have they've they've followed that to the T today because they they eventually got the game postponed. Mm. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know what you because obviously you were out and you've uh, following. Yeah. All, I, I imagine you were following all this from afar. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it was strange because I was watching the game. I was on the timeline just, um, you know, tweeting about the game and then suddenly a video comes up of um, Old Trafford um, being stormed. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, it didn't surprise me or shock me one bit. <laughs> it was just, it, I don't know, I just stayed for a bit. I was just, I was just like, oh, all right, I'm going to come back and watch <laughs> that in a minute because I'm watching the game. But it, 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 we live in such crazy times that things like that just don't, surprise me anymore you know I, I i wouldn't be surprised if the fans stormed the offices of the glazers you know if yeah. they had the glazers by the neck it wouldn't surprise me one bit because this is what football is now football is nothing more than a massive uh train wreck it's uh it's, it's, it's all to do with business it's all to do with commercial agreements and how much money each club has no longer are the days where we look forward to deadline days now now we're looking forward to the day that financial records are being released where we can analyze them and see where our club's gone wrong and you know this shouldn't be the job of the fans to be looking through club's financial records um but here we are today that is the situation that is where we those are the times that we live in so um look i I give credit to the united fans for Mm. the 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 majority part majority of of them what they did yeah. yeah, the 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 overall act of storming the ground and that banner saying, you know, we decide when you play, that spoke volume. Um and that protest really did mean it symbolized how powerful the fans are and how um uh, how much they are disregarded. 
mm. in in today's in today's day and age. So you know, credit to them for doing what they did because yeah. they made, they made a statement and they did exactly what they came to do, which was you know postpone the game. Um, I just wish that some of them would have kept their cool and would have done it a little bit more peacefully. I think some violence, yeah. some violent yeah. acts happens, people throwing cameras around and stuff no. like that. That's not what we want to see because that's yeah, not what just... that, that's not what fans want to be represented as. Because yeah, if, no. if if people are doing that, then it looks bad on us. It yeah, makes it, it makes every protest seem like this is what happens. Yeah, it does. And uh, just as you said, um, credit to the the majority of the majority of United fans who went there today and uh, conducted their protest peacefully. But there were obviously some people that weren't so peaceful. And and you know, throwing. I think there was a flare being flown, thrown, and a, and a bottle, and a you know, and, and I think I think there was a security guard that uh, uh, did get injured. Yeah. Um, and you know. That is not what we want to see. Uh, I hope those people are found out and they they you know suffer the consequences because I know you know I know you, you want what's best for your football club, but you can't you can't go around hurting people and you know hurting people to get your voices heard because you know it's just not that's why we have peaceful that's why we're allowed to protest because most of the time it is peaceful and we're allowed to uh, express our express our views peacefully. But some people just decide to take it over the edge, and uh, and you know I wouldn't I wouldn't say ruin, but yeah, I'll use the word ruin, ruin it for everyone. So hopefully that doesn't happen with us on Thursday. Um, I don't think it will, but all I keep thinking about is the, what what could happen on Thursday with with fans seeing with fans seeing this again, uh, fans seeing what's happened to get, uh, with United. Mm. I don't know if I don't think our fan base are ready to commit to doing something like that when they know the magnitude of Thursday's game. I think get the game done and dusted on Thursday and whatever happens then, you know, after that, then by all means, um, if you need to storm the, storm the Emirates, but I, I think it's quite an impossible job to storm the Emirates. The entrances around the Emirates are all locked off. You need to sort of break open the doors, which are hard locked, and then go through the barriers. Um, so I don't know how they would do that. I mean, I think, I think at Old Trafford is a little bit different where it's quite an old stadium. So, you know, they have the old fashioned gates and they have security guards and stuff like that. The Emirates, there's none of that really. Um, right. You don't, you, you only, I mean, I guess, I guess the only way you could go through is the underground car park. And then, but huh. then how would you get into the underground car park? Anyway, I'm sure, you know, fans will find one way or another. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens on Thursday. I just hope, like you say, it is kept peaceful and we are able to um, make an impact similar of the one that we did, you know, the first time round. And I mean, what do you think about this protest on, on Thursday? Do you think it will be as big as the first one or how, how big mean, do you see it happening? I hope, I, I hope it's as big as, as big as um, last uh, Thursdays um, because, you know, we, we need to, as fans to keep the pressure on these owners and hopefully, uh, hopefully get them out. Cause you do know, we have someone in the background now who is mm. ready, who is, who is ready and poised to poised to make the purchase in Daniel Eck. And, um, He'll be, you know, I'm I'm sure looking at the protest, thinking, hmm, maybe there's, maybe there's something to come of this. And let's just speak about. I, I haven't, we haven't actually done this since. Uh, I, uh, I'm pretty sure you saw what came out yesterday about, um, yeah, mm-hmm. Arsenal being for sale two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. Well, I do. It's not a source. It's public knowledge. It's a Twitter account on, on. Uh, Twitter that's normally very reliable in Arsenal news. Apparently, we we've always been available for sale, but we haven't been available in the last two years. So we're up for sale now. But the two years ago thing was uh, apparently just a rumor that was going out. But if we are if we are for sale, and if um, the Cronkies made that statement and said they had no intention to sell, it is purely to keep the price. Um, you know the way it is now and yeah. so it doesn't drop but yeah yeah we can only hope <laughs> yeah I, I mean i don't know i don't know how much i believe the sources about arsenal being ready to be sold i think this is all just either media outlets trying to get a few more clicks or like you said the crunkies just being ruthless businessmen and trying to make sure that using it as leverage almost trying to um keep the club as valuable as possible trying to if they really do want to sell, then maximize 
every penny possible. Um, but I still believe we're a long way off until we have any legitimate discussions about the club being sold. Um, I think Thursday will be crucial and it will play a part in what happens um, with takeover talks. If anything, this protest should be bigger because we know now that we have a legitimate source, a legitimate um, party ready to bid and ready to take over in the next week you know this is this is a fact now this is we heard it from the horse's mouth himself so we should turn up turn up in our thousands in our hundreds of thousands or in our tens of thousands you know um it should be the biggest one because now is the time to we have our foot on their throat now is to now is the time to uh, you know uh stamp on their throats and really go in for the kill yeah I, i think you you probably hear uh, Daniel Ek chance when you go to this protest because mm. uh, obviously we didn't we didn't know about Daniel Ek before but mm. now we do so you might hear a few uh, a few names mentioned obviously we have uh, the consortium of Dennis Burkamp Thierry Henry mm. and all and he's uh, Thierry Henry is actually going to be asked apparently about that tomorrow on Monday Night Football mm. uh, yep. which will be interesting. Very interesting. It'll be very interesting. And I'll be looking out for that. Um, I think I'm going to leave it there. Uh, thank you very much for everybody who has been listening throughout the show because we're doing it live on YouTube. Um, but thank you everyone to those that are listening after the show um, on mm-hmm. Spotify, on Apple Podcasts and uh, the other platforms. Thank you very much for your continued support. If you've enjoyed the podcast please do give us a five star review on podcast on apple podcast sorry it goes a long way it helps us a lot um let us know what you think what you thought about the episode whether you have any uh, any of your views that you want to let us know about or any points that we missed out um you can reach myself on twitter at gunner since 96 you can find james at james Payne aft you can find me on youtube as well at gunner since 96 where i release a whole load of content um related to arsenal um and yeah we'll be back on the next episode the most important one I think mm. we've done so far against Villarreal on Thursday. Now I don't yeah. know whether that'll be Thursday evening or whether that'll be Friday morning. Most and hopefully, might be Friday morning. But yeah, go on, mate. Uh, yeah, and hopefully we're smiling after it. And hopefully, hopefully. I'm not. I'm hopefully. not because if I'm not, I, I can only imagine what that episode is going to be like. But oh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So um, much relies on that game so much so much preparations for next season Champions League football European football objectives and goals of what you know Arteta wants to achieve is Arteta the main man for the job will he get the sack all of these questions (laughs) rely on Thursday night so you know it does have the potential to be the biggest podcast episode yet Uh, yes I think it will be so we have to see what happens but it's been it's been a, a great a great hour and a, a hour and seven minutes so far, yep. and uh, yeah, I appreciate you know doing this every week. Um, and yeah, thanks, thanks to everyone that's been listening because I have seen, you know, I've seen the chat and I've seen some some people have come in today. So it was good to have you you guys around. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, on that bombshell, um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna end the episode. Um, so once again, thank you very much everybody for listening and we will see you on the next one thank you very much bye bye thank you very much guys